Welcome to the Wellness Lee Podcast with your host, Ella. And today, my friend is Jason Delfos. Jason is the head of Pushing Limits events, or you may know him as the race director of a lot of SA triathlons. So, should we dive in? So, firstly, who are you? I'm Jason Delfos. And I am the, uh, we'll call it owner and director of Pushing Limits Events and uh, also own a little gym studio at West Beach called the Studio West Beach. How nice. So what's your first earliest memory of being fit? So I was playing soccer at the age of four and I wanted to go further when I hit about 12 to 14. And Yeah, who were you playing for? Um, I grew up at, in Elizabeth, so yep. I was playing for Elizabeth Downs and then played Federation for Salisbury United and then, yeah, Modbury was another club that I played for. Hang on, I have to ask for my brother's behalf, is it Jets or Vista? Jets. Oh, we're on the Vista side. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so Jets, because um, they were Federation at the time, back yeah. in the day, and that was a while ago. <laughs> so, But yeah, so played soccer at a young age and then got to a point where Sassy was coming into the mix and um, AIS was also looking um but they were telling me i was not fit enough to be a soccer player i was good skill but not fit enough and Ugh. didn't fit the mold so that sort of set me back and they sort of said yeah you're good enough to be at the ais but in a different sport <laughs> in a, when all well, not in a different sport just the not a, the athlete that they were looking for at the time right so that sort of knocked me back a little bit as a i think i was 14 at the wow. time and so, yeah, then decided to change some things and go a little bit further. Had a good goalkeeping coach because I was a goalkeeper. Yeah. So I didn't think I had to be an athlete <laughs> as a goalkeeper. You just stand in the goals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then my coach sort of sat me down and said, in the next couple of years, I've got this coming up um, where he was taking a group over to Greece. So I went to Greece for a little bit um, after I changed my life, changed some eating habits went for runs, did all of that sort of jazz and dropped some weight, became a bit fitter, a bit more explosive in the goals and then all of a sudden went to Greece and got asked to stick around for in Greece. So that was a bit oh, of a cool. yeah, a bit of awakening. How old were you then when you were 16? And you were playing for I wasn't playing as such like I was oh, I'll call her a training partner that okay. got looked after if that makes sense. Yeah. So it wasn't a full contract, it was more a training partner situation. How long were you over there for? Oh, two years. Oh, wow. So did you finish school while you were there or you just... Yeah, I finished while I was over there and okay. here and a little bit and if no, so you know what it's like <laughs> back in the days. Yeah. It was a little bit harder. Uh, nothing was online, but mm. yeah, things like because it was, I was still young, I, I had to finish school. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then so from there, you came back to Australia? Came back to Australia and then did TAFE. Okay. Uh, went to TAFE because obviously... Uh, I didn't go straight to uni, did TAFE because I still wanted to pursue soccer. So I thought that'd be a nice little backburn yep. into that. So I went into soccer, soccer full on, um, went to uh, Adelaide United, tried to go into their youth system, but their youth system wasn't as big. Like yep. that wasn't anything good. And they had some really good goalies at the time. So they had Beltrami and B Birigiti yeah. at the time. So I was never breaking into that. Do you find it, yeah, definitely harder because most teams only have like those three goalkeepers, yep. but only one plays at a time. Yeah. yeah, and even back in, like even I look at it and even back then, it was only two A-League oh, wow. clubs because they didn't have their youth system in place. They, right. they just only started that a couple of years after um, I was training with them and everything like that. And then Gold Coast United were in the A-League as well. And okay. one of my goalkeeping coaches had an affiliation with Gold Coast United. They couldn't offer me anything, but they're like, come up and train with us, but... Yeah. Being over 18 and needing money, can't make, really make that work. <laughs> Bit complicated, hey? Yeah. So is that when you stopped and... No, so I just played locally. Um, so then I was playing, I uh, played locally for Croatia Raiders. I played for Blue Eagles. Um, and then I went to Port Adelaide Pirates. Yep. Um, I sound like a club hopper, but I wasn't. <laughs> um, it was just more around opportunities. Like yeah. I'm all about chasing opportunities. Um, so I just took each opportunity as I could. Um, and then... It wasn't to do with the club at Port Adelaide Pirates. I just, one day, because I took up uni late in life, right. I went away for uni on an interstate trip that you had to do. And then all of a sudden I got back from that and then went back into training and I just didn't want to train. Fair enough. What did you study at uni? Um, did exercise sports science. Okay. And so 
long story short, that was a 10-year degree. <laughs> <laughs> that literally was only completed last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did you do a bit of like a stupid yeah. kind of job at that? <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a little bit of a break in the middle. Yeah. Like, I want to say four years back <laughs> in the middle yeah, because life got in the way. No, that's fair enough. I think when you get to like your mid-20s and doing yeah. uni, I have a lot of friends in that kind of boat at the moment. Like we had Emily on episode one, season two, and she said the same. She was like finishing uni yeah. at the same age and she just didn't find what she loved and kept studying. Yeah. But yeah, well, I, yeah, I didn't love studying, yeah. but like because I've been around exercise and stuff like that. It made sense. It made sense. And I finished it and then... I'm still waiting for ESSA to clarify whether I'm a full exercise physiologist Okay. because ESSA is obviously the governing body of that side of it or I'm an exercise um, scientist so okay. or a sports scientist, I can't remember. But they're just going through their criteria to tell me yeah. what my degree means is officially. Is it because it took so long to do in the way that you studied it? Yes, because it okay. got delayed yeah. and delayed and because some of the core structures change and everything oh, like okay. that. So they have to look into it. What do you plan to do with that after? To be honest, I don't know. Um, with the degree, I've obviously got that now, which is always good to have on the CV and experience. But with the gym that we've got, um, we are in the process of talking expansion. So we're looking at expanding our gym currently. Yeah, let's talk about the gym. So when did that start? Me and my wife have been in fitness for yonks. And <laughs> um, she, uh, when we had our second, she we were at the SA Aquatic and Leisure Centre. Yes. So she was managing the whole health and wellness oh, area yep, and yep. I was managing the gym aspect. Yep. So she decided to obviously go on maternity leave. She took a full year and then in that time, she was communicating back to work and they weren't offering part-time work to go back to her role. So yeah. basically then chose to do stuff at home. And so she started working out of, people's houses and um, garages and stuff like that and at parks and then we got to a point where she was big and she had a good following and we're like well let's just set up the garage so yep. we set up the garage and <laughs> it's nothing better than a good garage gym though <laughs> exactly so our garage turned from our storage shed into our gym we ran 12 classes out of our garage <laughs> a week and we had 20 to 30 people sometimes at classes in our garage yeah and right our neighbours after two and a half years, three years, got not sick of it. They just weren't happy and we yeah. were actually at a point where we were ready to commit to something bigger. What kind of equipment did you have in the garage setup? Very basic. Like these days you don't need a lot of stuff for small group training. So yeah. it was like your simple kettlebells, dumbbells, some ropes, one treadmill, yep. uh, half half rack, um, barbells, that type of stuff. So yeah, it was nice. very simple. Yeah, similar. Yeah. yeah. And then, so yeah, so after we um, decided we're ready for that next step, we found a nice premises at the West Beach Parks, Caravan mm. Park uh, oh, yeah. on Military Road. And so right next to the cafe there, there was um, 80 square metres inside. Yep. Um, but they were going to include a little bit of our, outdoor space that's connected. So cool. we took that on and we did that six months before COVID hit. Oh, God. Yep. So before COVID even became a thing, we, we were in and we started. So that was April. April 1st, we took over that of 2019. Yeah. And so then, yeah, so then we went into COVID and because we had such a great community and that's what Kel has done well is that community vibe. Yeah, I think that's very important when you come to those smaller group yeah. sessions. Like, yeah, similar with my setup as well. Yeah. So the community is all about it and like we had members paying us for not even having classes on. We did wow. online classes. Yep. We did free stuff. We didn't want to charge for online because we didn't think it was yeah, a agree. service or yeah. anything like that that's premium so um we were just doing freebies but our members were like no nah, we're not turning off our memberships in our payments so oh, which good. like you look back in the day and you go wow that that kept us alive yeah um and the the community really loves us and takes out really appreciates what we do for them so yeah. So again, so yeah, so during that time of COVID and then we came back into it. Did you go into the outside stuff when you could before you yeah, went back so into we, it? Yeah, we, so we stuck to the, all the boundaries in the guidelines. So if we could do outside, we did outside. Yeah. And being at the West Beach Parks, we've got that big oval across the road. So yeah. it was a perfect, perfect precinct for us to be able to do outside fitness. Um, but again, it's it, like, as you know, COVID was, it depends on how your clients felt as well. So yeah. like we could offer classes, but... We could only get maybe four or five to it because other people weren't comfortable coming again. And that's yeah. totally fine because 
tough times. We had no idea what to expect. It's yeah. all new for everyone and everyone was learning. But again, if it wasn't for our community, our gym probably would have gone backwards. Oh, of course. Yeah. So in the expansion now, what are the plans? So yeah, so we're talking, it's still in the same precinct. So still we'll be at the West Beach Parks. Um, we're talking with another tenant there to sublease their office space and turning that into a bit of a high performance gym with a gym uh, with our studio involved they want a gym for their high performance programs um, and they won't sort of conflict the times that we run which is great so it's probably going to triple our size and then we look to go in a bit of recovery space as well like everyone's doing these days but I think that is such an important thing going to the recovery space because once you get into that kind of thing People will always want that. Exactly. It's not going to be a fact. No, exactly. And then we look at it as well and we go, it's more about building that community vibe as well. So if people are hanging around longer, the community vibe is going to be huge. Yeah. So, And that's all that we focus on is community and making sure our members know that we're, we appreciate them and that they they yeah. feel not just another number yeah. realistically. And I, there's, we're not alone in that instances. Everyone yeah. does it. But for the people that choose to come to us, we want to make sure that they feel very welcome and like I said, just not another number. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you go into the more of the performance stuff, will you take on the teams or will you go with the exercise people? And they'll... Um, no, so with the performance stuff, we're still working out what that looks like. We'll, I would say that the sport has their own um, staff involved. Yeah. but um, Would you I, like to be involved with that yourself? <laughs> if they want me to, yes, um, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's not a sport that I'm fully over. Yeah, it's a no. unique sport. I, I call it a unique sport in Australia. Um, but yeah, so we've got other sporting clubs in our area yeah, I was say, that were involved. Few that yeah, are pretty close, especially with the big soccer yeah. set up across the road as well. Yeah, we've got soccer in the area. We've got lacrosse, all of netball's now there as well. Oh, SMAA, cool. all angels are there. Yeah, but we're highly involved in a netball club that our daughters play at. Yep. So that'd be another avenue. So sport, science, and sport exercise will probably be an avenue that we will expand in as well and yep. offer. Um, we have a, a junior strength and conditioning program that we offer in the school terms yep. and that's, we get 30 kids in those programs. Oh, so, sweet. So yeah, so. How exciting. Yeah. From there, where did you become a triathlete? Yeah, so like I said, soccer days, we had good friends and one of uh, our oldest daughter's school friends, um, he was fully into Ironmans, like talked about it, lived, breathed it, and was like, you should do an Ironman, you should do an Ironman like everyone else does that (laughs) does triathlons. And I was like, yeah, I'm still playing soccer, still playing soccer. And then we started at SA Aquatic and Leisure Centre, and then there were some other people that got in my ear and everything like that, and then went away for that uni trip and then went to training when I got back, and I just said I didn't want to play soccer anymore and quit literally that night (laughs) and said, look, because – at a high level in the local league, you still get paid. And yeah. I wasn't a player that just pay, uh, played for money. I played because I loved it yeah. and everything. So, and there was a young keeper in the in the grass that could have taken over and I was comfortable to just walk away at the time. Do you so, wish that you could look back and not have gone a keeper though at any stage and wish that you are on the field? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I probably didn't develop the attributes to be an on-field player and do as well until I got the knockbacks being the goalie. Yeah. So I think that would have been too late to make that switch over. Right, yeah. Um, it's just different aspects that you got to take on and yep. everything. So, yeah, so, yeah, I would have loved to score goals and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but never could. Yeah. Um, I do remember scoring a goal from goalie. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you ever done yeah, that? <laughs> so, yeah, so I've done that before. Um, and. Every now and again, they let me take the penalty if we got a penalty. So, yeah. so yeah. So, but no, goalie was in the in the genes and the DNA because my dad was a goalie, oh, okay. my uncle was a goalie. So, yeah, yeah, no choice. <laughs> no choice, realistically. <laughs> and then further into your triathlons, what traces have you done? Yeah, so I've done five to six Ironmans. I've done Cairns a couple of times. I've done Port Mac. I've done Melbourne. I haven't done Busso. Busso is still yeah. not ticked off. Would you do it this year with all no, the rest of the people who are training uh, for it? <laughs> no, I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm. There's there's a stepping stone to, that needs to be hit before I get back into Iron Man. <laughs> um, there's a few of us playing to do the half, yeah. so there's always that option. <laughs> well, the half is on the cards this year. I haven't done a, a try like a triathlon for a couple of years. I did Noosa two years ago. Yep. Um, and then after Noosa, a month later, I was well, I was dealing with some back issues with Noosa. 
And then after that, I actually sucked it up and had an MRI scan and had a bulging disc in my right. L5S1. Yep. So that was the cause of a lot of issues. And yep. so now I'm only just getting back into full training. Of yeah. Super. How did you go coming back from an injury like that? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I can't sit still. <laughs> like, I'm not a person that just likes to do nothing. Like, I like yes, we're busy in life, but I still like to train. Yeah. I still like that break. That's my time. That's my time. Like, a lot of other people. Yeah. It's people's times to just go in their own thoughts and get into training and yeah. just be with themselves. So, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, now the back's slow. Like, I still feel it, but yeah. it's, it's manageable. It's, so, could you still swim and stuff? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I could still swim. Um, it was more bike riding that yeah, it affected me. In that position, yeah. yeah. So uh, bike riding is only just getting better in terms of being able to get off the bike without going, oh, <laughs> like an old old grandpa getting off the bike. Um, yeah. And then running, I've always been allowed to run, but just more it was on grass to yep. start with. Um, but now the running Ks are starting to pick up. Um, and my bike Ks are starting to pick up. So yeah, nice. the plan at the moment is cans half. Okay. Um, haven't fully committed yet. Have I'm, you done? Did you, you said you done? Yeah, I've done cans as a full though. Full and half. Okay. So I've done cans full three times, and I think I've done cans half once. So yep. yeah. So yeah. How do you go with the heat up there though? <sighs> That's a common topic that it we talk is, about on it this is podcast. It's definitely <laughs> a very common topic in that you hear in triathlon world. Um, yeah, not great. I'm gonna put it out there. Like heat is, and you never know how 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 hot it's gonna be until you're actually yeah. out there. Um. My favorite Cairns, though, was my first ever Ironman, and it was actually based in the city of Cairns. Okay. So right. you actually swum out of the port, yep. and then you rode from Cairns all the way up to Port Douglas, and then you parked your bike at Smithfield, okay. and then you ran 21Ks from Smithfield to, uh, to Cairns, which half your run was done, which I just liked that point-to-point run. Yeah. And then you only had two laps in the in the city circuit. So that was my always favorite cans and that was stinking hot. Mm-hmm. And I remember running past people on the side of the high, like the Captain Cook Highway of people laying on the floor because oh. of the heat. So I totally get their changes yeah. and their management and safety now being a race director and everything like that. <laughs> totally get all of that and the yeah. complexity of Were having... heat trained for that? Like a bit of a, a swim in a wetsuit in a hot pool? <laughs> no, not really. I won't do like that to that degree because realistically, this race is just getting back into the swing of Will things. Will you have the saunas installed by then that you'll be out again <laughs> there and practice? <laughs> oh, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we can have some saunas and we can do some, put the treadmill in the sauna or something like that. Yeah. Because that's where you normally feel it is on that on that um, run course because it's so late in the day. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you know? nice. And so from there, how, how far do you think you want to go with triathlon now that you're back and healthy? Do you reckon when you do any uh, overseas races or...? It comes down to how this one pulls up. Okay, right. <laughs> so if I get the bug like everyone gets when the they've adrenaline done, rush yeah. when you yeah, finish. Yeah. <laughs> if I finish and I go, yeah, that wasn't like I'm not in too much agony or if I'm in, like, you know what I mean? You get that medal and you're just like, yeah, let's go further. Yep. I'll probably go into another Ironman build, um, but I won't go anything crazy in terms of I'll give myself plenty of time to yep. build into it. I've got to really put other things first now, like of rather course. than... Ironman and training because at the time when I was fully involved into training in Ironman, I was in a more stable job where yep. people, I was an employee, so it was easier to um, take time off when it's your own businesses and yep. your own blood, sweat and tears. It's a little bit harder to take ongoing time off of and put in that full training load. So Yeah, but do you find it easier now working for yourself and being able to train? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. At the moment now with the kids at good ages and like they can look after themselves at times and um, we've got a great 16-year-old that is like a second mum to our youngest. Mm-hmm. So that is a godsend to us. Um, but no, and the littlest one at the moment is loving running. So she comes out running oh, yeah. like these holidays. I think she's ran nearly every second day because she just wants to do it. So she yeah. is going to go places that kid she's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of your training do you like training with people or do you like training alone at the moment it's a lot of alone training like yeah because it's um because of the flexibility in my times of work and stuff obviously the event stuff people think it's just on the day but there is obviously some ongoing stuff course, you've got to yeah. do during the week and everything but the gym space as you know it's not like you nine to five hours no. it's six a.m's it's nine fifteens it's oh it's Six all, over the place. <laughs> all over the place so whenever i can get an hour or two it's yep. it's going out but um we've got a 
good good group of friends that are like us that own their own businesses and are flexible. So I could go oh, for cool. a ride with a couple of people during the day and yep. we call it pro hours. So <laughs> don't have to do the 6 a.m.s or the 4 a.m. wake-ups anymore. Well, which is like less traffic and people around when you're riding and exactly. training then. Exactly. It's the best time to go. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so yeah, we've got a couple of people that I can go into and train with and do some things. Yeah, nice. Did you ever get into triathlon coaching other than the courses that you ran out of next gen? Uh, so yeah, so I um, I did try like I did have a couple of athletes that I managed and looked after their their programs, but I hate to say it, triathletes are picky and mm. complicated and <laughs> like they're hard work. Like coaching yeah. triathletes are hard work, and you've really got to put the time. And not to say it's not a great career, it's just you got to really have that full time yeah. to be able to put the effort into each athlete. And again, like when I was at soccer, I didn't play to get paid. I played because I loved it and I don't want to do the same with tri- coaching or that type of thing and yeah. I didn't feel like I was offering people good service so I sort of didn't really pursue it too much. So yeah. triathlon coaching is still a good passion in terms of a ho- not a hobby but a project that can go down the track yeah. in the end. Um, but at this stage, we're not really doing any triathlon coaching. I've got a couple of runners that I look after and yeah. I think because it's such a difficult sport being the three sports combined, yep. you've really got to find a coach that aligns with you, hence exactly. why they're so picky. Exactly. And not only that, it's 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 also like triathlon coaching you go full-time into like, right. and you could fully delve into full-time coaching and make a successful career out of it. And it's uh, it's proven like there's that many good coaches in South Australia yeah. that are full-time coaches. And yeah, there's, there's um, evidence there that you can make it a full-time career if you wanted to, but at the times when I became a coach, like because yeah. when I was employed by Triathlon South Australia, I was quite lucky. They put me through the development coaching course straight away and that sort of threw me in the ring. And then after a year of being involved in the junior um, development program and other things and coaching courses, the performance level coaching course came up. So then they invited me to that. So I did the seven days in the AIS. Um, basically, that was a... That was probably one of the best coaching courses I've done, even like all the strength and conditioning ones I've done, all the weightlifting ones I've done, all of those coaching courses. This one for the seven days because we went in and we were thinking we were just going to be coaching athletes, but no, they sort of said, you're the athlete as well. So I like that way of learning. It's so much easier. Yeah, (laughs) so so we got delved in and like we had one of the best coaches in Australia come and help deliver the program. We had Joel Ferrillio come across from the US and talk about training peaks a little bit more. Oh, cool. We had some higher level athletes come into the pro, uh, the coaching course as well. And and it also is a good networking, as you know, networking is, is mm. crucial. So met some great people and still talk to them. Um, but yeah, it was just a great, great time. So good. <laughs> So talking about coming out of Triathlon SA when you were running events then and then starting your own company called Pushing Limits Events and taking over some of the big events in SA, how did that start? Yeah, well, obviously I was employed by Triathlon South Australia and it was still during that COVID time where some South Australia government money was changing to how they funded sports. Right. And um, I was working with TriSA and we sort of came up with the best solution possible for me to... Um, help them out with their events so then went into a bit of contract work for them as their event director for the Westlake series and during that time um, when I knew that my employment was going to be um, not I won't call it terminated just changed uh, to a contract role for the events Sid emailed uh, Triathlon South Australia saying I'm done I don't want to run Victor Harbour anymore and so speaking with Jesse I just said do you mind if I approach him and he goes go for it so I went back to Sid straight away and said, I want it. Yeah. What, like, what do you want? That's like one of like the biggest races yeah. in SA now, right? Yeah. So I went to Sid and I just said, I want it. It's too big a race for it to just die wondering. Yeah. Um, and then one thing led to another and then I owned the Victor Harbour Triathlon. Um, and so that year I was a contractor for the Westlake Series and the Duathlon Series and Victor. Put them all on and then I was the same the following year again. And then this, uh, the start of this season, so July last year, um, a few things changed. Triathlon South Australia went to tender out their events. Okay. Um, instead so of them running them in, themselves. Instead of the, yeah, them running them fully. So they because isn't to, this how it used to be when Gaddy used to yes. run triathlon? Well, Gaddy sort like of so. owned it. And, and so Gaddy owned their races and then... They got to a point again, 21 years in the sport, delivering events. A they, lot of effort, yeah. Yeah, a lot of effort, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And 
um, Triathlon SA, where I was part of these conversations because I was employed at the time. Jesse sort of managed the process and did a great job in transitioning the ownership from Gaddy to Triathlon. And back in those days when there was the two full-time employees with me and Jesse there, we thought we did a great job in setting up the uh, the Westlakes events. And over time numbers started to increase and everything like that which was great and it sort of gave me some good learning curves to take into the job that I've got now of my own events and so yeah so obviously with the tender process they were looking to release the events and um, in that time frame when I applied for all the tender like wrote my tender document and submitted it I found out Silver Sands were up for grab so (laughs) I went to Silver I went to Julie and Chloe who have done a great job um, recreating the Silver Sands triathlon and have sold out the last two years that they owned it and everything like that. So I was lucky enough to take over the ownership of that as well. So this will be the first year that I'll be running Silver Sands under my banner. Um, so looking forward to that one. And then also the Aquathon, Scott McLean, who brought the Aquathon back to Glenelg. He took a full-time job uh, in fly-in, fly-out work. And so he just lost the time and effort to yeah. be able to put into it. And obviously you need time and effort to be able to put into races. So he was... Uh, loving and just gave me the event which was great so that already became mine yeah and then Moana was always going to be part of my series and Dan Harbottle who has owned it for I don't know how many years now um, and done a great job he was going to manage it this year and I was going to just support him and it just be part of my series but about a month and a half leading up to the race he goes I can't give it the time and effort it needs and it's yours so <laughs> now you've taken over the states took over, events. <laughs> yeah, took over the states events. Is there and, any others that you don't have yet? Or is that all of them? Uh, no, I don't like. So obviously, the West Lakes ones are the only ones that I don't own and help run anymore. But again, that's they're like those types of events are crucial for the sport because it's a yeah. it's an entry into the sport. Yeah, and I feel like that's always where you start exactly. off and then go on to. And you ones. need that entry level event where course, people yeah. are timid, scared, and there's always that safety net of. The ocean, like it's not an ocean swim, so that yeah. whole I'm not swimming with sharks, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, so um, but no, so there I've got seven events on my calendar because I've also involved in it went in November this year, the team up try, oh. and that was for the Concussion Legacy Foundation. I did that one. Yep. Yes, so yep. Millie, I'm not sure the other guy's name, and I they were like, Millie literally posted on Facebook, I want to do this race <laughs> on the weekend, it was like Wednesday. <laughs> Anybody want to do a leg, and I'll just do what nobody wants to do i was like i'm only training in the swim at the moment so i'll just do that <laughs> but no yeah so they that um, was actually such a good event it was huge like we didn't th- i didn't think it was going to get that big like that was scary because i was con- <laughs> i was i was involved and contracted to put the on the event right. um so i wasn't involved in the entries the registration so i had no clue leading up to how many we were up to i was getting little updates in terms of we're at this number of teams this number of teams this number of teams yeah and then a week out, I was like, all right, what's the final number? And he told me, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. So what was the um, total number in that one? It was a, like when I turned up, I was like, well, there's a lot of people here. 172 teams. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, 172 teams. So you do that times three. People. Yeah. There's a few people who did a few different events in there as yeah. well. You know, I found it really interesting that you had a few pro teams in there too, which was nice to run alongside. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We didn't actually, like, I don't think they actually want, like, approached anything like that. Yeah. It just got into the public and it was an organic growth. Like, I look at it and was I go... Was there a radio station involved Yeah, in Triple too? M. Yep. Triple M got on board very heavily because of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. I did like that, yeah. And the footy, obviously, concussion being very high topic in footy. Yeah. Um, Jars, obviously, being footy. Yeah. Um, Did he race in the end? No, he didn't race. He the Triple M put a team together and I think he pulled out. Yeah, we were like looking for them. Like, Jazz was, <laughs> he was there. Jazz was there, but he didn't race. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So, but no, it's a great event. And I'm talking with the um, the foundation at the moment uh, around what the longevity of it yeah. is. Um, Would you it, like to run that like yearly again? Yeah. So that will it will be on. It will be on. It's just more on what my full role is in yeah. terms of. There was a couple of other people that were involved in the management, but the one was an ambassador of the Legacy Foundation, Concussion Legacy right, Foundation. Yeah. Um, he's also a high up teacher at a school in South Australia right. and can't commit to Fair enough. all of it. But then also good to keep somebody in like that because exactly. then the schools are involved, which we found was really interesting too. Yeah. So there was a good amount of students involved, student teams, and then obviously huge amount of football uptake, which yeah. um, to be honest... 
a lot of people go from football to, to triathlon in their career. So again, I see it as an event that can be that sort of next step from moving to people across into the sport of triathlon or people taking up triathlon in the summer. Yeah, of course. And so behind the scenes of how to, like say you've taken on an event, what happens to get an event happening? Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I think so many people turn up to an event and don't appreciate what's really happened to get there. Yep. Like a brief overview of... How yeah, do you get so, an event started? So the, the biggest thing is is the negotiation. So it's a lot of negotiation um, because obviously you look in South Australia and you go, the beaches are phenomenal. Yep. There's so many aspects you could run and race. The negotiation is all around the bike okay? because the bike is the hardest leg to get up yeah. and running. Yep. Obviously closing roads, affecting residents, affecting businesses. And getting the councils involved as well. Yeah, oh, councils, you have to have council involvement. So yeah, the yeah. negotiation is actually with councils, not with residents. Yes. Um, so basically, say for instance, like at the Murray Bridge, uh, like, I knew that the council wanted more events, so we went to them and they backed it straight away. Oh, it's cool. a it's a remote, obviously, council. It's a remote little town. And they're like, yep, we're happy to close these roads, these roads, these yeah. roads. A more populated area, like in the metropolitan, it would take six months of planning with council to okay. fully get it approved over the council yeah. um, committees and everything like so that. So is that something like your, your beach side yeah. suburbs as well? Yeah. So Moana, obviously, because Stephen Stubbs back in the day when he started, when he was XL Sports, yes. he got all of it approved. So Moana's like just a, I won't say copy and copy and paste, but council know what it, what's involved yeah. the residents know what's involved so it's been around so I'm somehow an ambassador for that race <laughs> and it ended up being one of my worst races i've ever done <laughs> moana is interesting moana can either be a clear day or it can be a hard day it was a clear day it was the hills like yeah. involved i think because i had been racing west lake so often yeah to bring in a hill at the very start of the bike <laughs> i had the bike the bike i had at the time i was yeah. ready to toss out anyway <laughs> i feel like that's the life of being a triathlete and yeah. you love hate relationship with your bike exactly and always then, looking to upgrade yeah of course and <laughs> i think it was just a bit of combination with that chucking the hill in the gears were playing up this was that was a crap race. Yeah. Good like like amazing location. No. But yeah. yeah. I mean, and like those ones that you can copy and paste with council approvals and That's stuff. Great, like yeah. it takes a month to get over the line, and yeah. they don't really need to go to council um, for a vote or anything like that. But like, so for instance, all the changes I've done to Victor Harbour, yep. the triathlon there, um, I've had to go to five council meetings. I've had to go to right. like full full questioned and answered and reports community feedback so full okay. consultation letters out to residents asking for their feedback then collating all their feedback and then yeah. re reporting that to council so there's a lot of work in terms of the council relationships you've got to manage and making sure that you've you're obviously having all the right processes in place so like i'd love to be able to run the traffic management myself but yeah. you it's need to be pre yeah it's not easy and you need obviously qualifications so i thought why not best sign up and create a good relationship with one company and yep. sort of create that sort of sponsorship. So Fast Lane Traffic are um, one of the major sponsors for the events and oh, they've cool. sorted me out and helped me out hugely this year, especially being the first year of my series. Yeah. Um, and they've been great. Um, Jay and Stefan used to be at Altus originally and then they went to another company and now they've gone off on their own and Fast Lane Traffic. Oh, great. Are just growing it. I love when you like on the bike and you go past the traffic people and they're cheering you on. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually nothing better. Yeah, they're, they're actually quite good in, in that space and they understand it now, which is good. Like they understand the management side of it. So, yeah, sometimes I even say to them, like, I'm trying to work out what the long term future of events are and where some new ones can go. And I'm like, oh, cool. I want to go here. Can you design me a bike course that will get approved? Yes. And that, so I'll go to them and they'll design the bike course and vice versa. So the new Victor Harbour course was basically designed by them and also some locals. Yeah. Um, because I've heard there was a big hill in that one there too. There is a big hill. There is a big hill. So get ready for that. There's a pinch. Uh, and it's pretty close to town. So, um, but no, it, it, Victor Harbour is going to be a good course this year. I believe that once, obviously, the October event, I shortened the loop of the bike course. But if you go out a bit further, it's it's less hit on the on the on the legs with the hills. It's more on the way back. You have a nice good good roll down the hill. Um, but no, running an event, it's not everything. Like it's not just rock up on the day. Obviously, yeah. you've got social media. So yeah, from getting the account to approval, yep. then you send the events out. How long before do you send an event out? So like, do you send it out from like 
as soon as it's approved yeah. or do you send it out in the calendar? Well, so then after you've got, a, like, because now I'm a private race director, I then go to Triathlon South Australia and say, here's the dates that I want to run events. Yep. Um, and then obviously they've got to make sure that it doesn't conflict with, um, at the moment it's only Westlakes yep. because there's no one else running events in South Australia. Because um, you own them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so but that we've got a good relationship with laura at triathlon south australia and she's great so we um work quite quite well together and we communicate quite regularly in terms of already pre-planning what next season looks like and yeah. vice versa so it's more around making sure nothing conflicts because obviously of course, yeah you want people it's, there <laughs> exactly you don't want to be competing with market to market but then You've also then got to take into effect interstate races. Yeah, of course, especially so, the bigger ones too. Yeah, so one that will play up a big factor is um, I didn't fit, I didn't actually realise Geelong changed date. I re- I heard about this. Geelong <laughs> is now on a, one of your race and, dates. Yeah, yeah, my postponed Murray Bridge date. And people were like, "Oh, which one do I do?" They're actually juggling. Uh, like, do I go to Geelong or do I come and do your race? I know it's hard. That's actually like a good thing to happen, though. It like, is. It is. It is that, that people the, are weighing up my yeah. my races to <laughs> an Ironman race. The same weekend, but I mean, like they're weighing up two big events. Yeah. Like. And so that's that's the hardest part. Is obviously Ironman is that eye catching sort of adrenaline rush feel that you get from it yeah um but again in hindsight murray bridge would have already been done by now in december yeah. we shouldn't have had all that rain that was mm. ridiculous like and we're Pump still having rain stuff like that aquathon we had rain <laughs> and thunderstorms it was just yeah hopefully the silver sands and victor how do you go like like you say competing against those pto races and the iron man kind of things yeah. is there any like chance that one of your races could turn into a PTO or so yeah there is there is scope for that side of it um and I know that PTO have just signed an agreement with World Triathlon to run some some races and I've got a really great relationship with Elite Energy um, events in New South Wales with Emmo um so me and him talk very very closely and we talk often and he obviously being in I class him as the best race director in Australia in terms of you've got Ironman obviously which is a global company yep but then you've got Emma who's I would say the premium product in in Australia from yep. race events um he uh he's been around the sport for god knows how long um and yeah so I go to him for help and everything like that I say Emma how do you do this and he sends me an email straight back and he sends me his templates he sends me all of his oh, like cool. so yeah so he is really good at sharing knowledge and all of that and he keeps me in the loop of what he hears and there is some um opportunities coming up in the next couple of years okay, um cool. so yeah so watch this space um you're hearing it here first guys <laughs> yeah watch this space um yeah so there is always in the back of my mind how to like you could get a challenge race yep. uh, in south australia but challenge Ask for a lot of dollars. Right. The sponsorship uh, behind that you need No, not first. just sponsorship. Um, <laughs> franchise, yeah. like license fees okay, and do- yep. license dollars. Iron Man used to license out their brand, um, no longer do. Right. So Iron Man want to own their brand. Um, do you ever see an Iron Man event happening in South Australia or do you don't think there's a course that would be I know that I know they've looked at it. I know they have looked at it at half in South Australia. Um, Where but, would you think that would go? I think when, that they'd take over one of the current ones. In your, like, like as an athlete, where would you prefer a half Ironman and SA to be? Where would be, like, the prime? Somewhere around the beach, like Onkaparinga, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Anywhere along the Onkaparinga beaches would be a nice spot because yeah. I just think the, the visuals that Ironman wants to appeal to yeah. is just beautiful. And then they've got the wine regions around course, that way yeah. as well. So I would look at the Onkaparinga way um, because, obviously... It's easier to skip out into some of those little lower effort roads, and there's less detouring from main traffic. You of can course. push them to the expressway and vice versa. So, from a management point of view, I would say if anything's going to happen, it'll be along that coast. Yeah. Um, metropolitan would be too hard. So, like around the Westlake Centre yeah. for Glenelg. Yeah. Like Glenelg would be awesome to have an Ironman out of, but yeah. it's just too populated, too highly. Yeah. What hard. if you went further down Brighton and then went towards up the south coast? Yeah, you, you could. It, it comes down to, obviously, infrastructure. And it the com- bike riding as well because yeah. it is a lot longer distance. Exactly. So 180Ks is not, like, you need a 90K loop, yep. realistically. You can't, like, Ironman these days, you couldn't do four laps or 45Ks. Fair enough. It's too hard to count where everybody's you just, at. You'd lose people's minds, I think, personally. Um, but then there's also, like, I've, I want to... 
I want to delve into higher opportunities and higher events in terms of like multi-day events and okay. stuff like that. So yep. that's on the cards as well that I'm looking into. Is that into and distance as well? Yep. So yeah. what's the furthest race we have in SA at the moment? Have we got an Olympic? Uh, so we got uh, we got two Olympics. One will be at Victor Harbour, one's at Murray Bridge. Yep. And then at Victor Harbour, we've got the 100K. Okay. So yep. 100K being 2K swim, 80 ride and 18 run. Okay, that's almost um, a different... Is that close to a PTO distance? Uh, yeah, so that is the PTO distance. Yep. Um, the reason I chose to do that at Victor rather than going to a half iron distance is because... Not timing or such, um, because I see a lot of potential with that 100K distance yep. in terms of people can do that more often than yeah. strive to do half Ironman after half Ironman after half Ironman. Yeah. So that was my choice behind it and some other opportunities that I'm trying to so explore. planning something like that 100K event, how many hours do you have to allow the event to go on to allow everybody to get through? Yeah, so I've set it like a seven and a half, same as a half iron distance, seven and a half hours roughly. Um, I'll have a couple of checkpoints that I'll just manage and see what the where they're at in stage of their life uh, in the race and knowing most of the athletes in South Australia, I can sort of gauge where they'll be and... Yep. If they get off the bike at X, will they be finished by Y? It's more the bike. As long as we can reopen roads okay. at a certain time, yep. it causes a lot less conflict with residents and councils. Yeah. So uh, it's more not just because of the run. It's more just reopening main roads. Yep. So if people can be off by X number of hours on the bike, yep. which I think is quite reasonable in the time allowance, yeah, that's that's the hardest part. Yeah, fair enough. And I have to ask about the medal situation you have setting up at the yeah. moment. Yes. The way that they're connecting together. Who came up with that idea? It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> I just said to my manufacturing company, I want a medal that connects. And they sent me a couple options. First, I had one that went overlapping. Okay. So one that sat on the bottom and then one on top, on top, on top. Isn't there a trail race that does yeah. it like that? Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of races that, but six races... It looked like, well, what was that? So I think I couldn't get the image off the, like the image that they send you and then the different pieces you can see it and you go, yeah, that makes sense. But then when you put it together on an image, you're like, that doesn't make sense as an image. So then yeah. we went jigsaw um, and then I was like, all right, I don't want just a squared puzzle. Let's be something different. So yeah, and then this one connects. And again, like I didn't say I want a circle. They just created some designs and I... Chose the best one that, that I thought. so smart though. Yeah. So the other thing is if you skip a race and you did it the year after, will it still fit? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so you're not going to change the circle in the next couple of years? No, no, no. <laughs> From a ordering point of view, it's been working well and the the size and the, the metal is quite, quite nice, I think, in yeah. terms of where I want to go and opportunities to reward people for completing series and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. How good. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw that the other day and I was like, that's, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Great idea. So moving on, name a sliding door moment in your life where you've either gone left or right and it's kind of changed the path of your future. Yeah, so I'll put it back to that that, that instance where I quit soccer yep. and then the next day I didn't decide I was going to do triathlon. I was obviously at the SA Quarter Leisure Centre working there and I jumped in the pool and I said, all right, let's see how far I can swim. <laughs> And I swam two two k without stopping, and I was like, "All right, let's do triathlon." Yeah. So that I I I would say that would be my sliding door moment. Um, and then also there was another one. I'd say I was in between jobs and vice versa, and I chose to go down this line, and that's where I met my wife. So oh, cool. so yeah, so there was multiple job options back in the day, and yep. I chose to go down this door and <laughs> met my wife through through work. So yeah, so oh, good. so yeah, so I've got two sliding door moments. <laughs> And they both turned out pretty well. Yeah, well, so far, the, 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 events, the events were still going, so yeah. we're still young in this event space, so we'll, we'll keep going. How good. You said it mentioned about your children training with you. What's the importance of showing your kids a healthy lifestyle? It's more just about giving them knowledge that they can make their own choices and their minds up. Obviously, yep. our rule of thumb is we're not perfect. Um, we, we don't boast to be the best nutrition people in the world. We don't... Like we don't stick on diets. We're not. Yeah. Don't measure out by the grams our food. You just have a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, healthy lifestyle. Have balance. Um, and so that's what we try and portray to our children. Indy obviously was around the gym in the garage, and 
when she could start walking. She knew what a burpee was. She knew how to do push-ups. So she's grown up with it in terms of obviously having the gym and the, the clients and that coming into her life. And she's in and around the gym and she loves it. And so we just support our kids to uh, choose what they want to do. When, like they, They'll make their own choices up where they want to yeah. go in life. And, but we'll just try and show them some good opportunities and good options yeah, for them. absolutely. How good. Yeah. So what are you consuming at the moment in terms of podcasts, TV shows, books? I'm not going to lie. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I love sport. So yeah. I, I watch a lot of sport. So do I. <laughs> at the moment, I'm in like the English soccer league. Like yeah. that's all I watch. Yeah. Like I literally sit down and I watch YouTube about like anything that's yeah. happening in the sport. I hate to world. say it. Like at this point in time in my life, I'm watching a lot of sport because I'm so involved <laughs> in sport and everything yeah. like that. I'm a big NBA fan. Oh, yeah. Who'd you go for? Uh, I just I just appreciate LeBron. Okay. Like, <laughs> I just appreciate what he does in the backbone. It's just like soccer. Like, I appreciate Ronaldo and Messi and what they do. Like, yeah. they're not just born great. They earn it. Yeah. So they worked the, hard to be there. Well, and they still work hard to be at the top of the level. Like, they're in the gym before anyone else. They're at the courts before anyone yeah. else. They're on the pitch before anyone else. They're putting in extra time. Yeah. And that's the, the lessons that I want to portray to my kids is that you got to push that extra 10% to, to yeah. make it as high as you can. And If there's any teams that will you actually sit down and watch any full games or you're yeah, a highlights the, kind of guy? No, I'll watch, the, I'll watch the light. And because of the flexibility, I can have it in the background and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. So I'll watch the basketball a lot in terms of the NBA because it's during the day. So yeah. I'll, I'll have that going on in the background. So yes, yesterday my daughter comes downstairs and she goes, Dad, this is not fair. You've got three screens. So I've got <laughs> my laptop screen, the big t- uh, monitor that my laptop connects into so I can have two dual screens so it's easier. And then I've got the iPad there with the basketball on. So <laughs> if that's how you work better, do exactly, it. <laughs> exactly. So yes. Yeah, so and then even when I'm on the bike, like I try and time a bike ride on Zwift with another screen there watching a the sport. I don't don't like to watch too many movies or TV shows because I'm too busy on the ride. So yeah. sports easier. Yeah. To just watch sport and then um, on the run, the treadmill. I've I've just found out that a gym uh, treadmill at the gym. Um, links to Zwift, so I've got that going, and then I just have a screen up on the top as well. With so. your supporter. <laughs> yeah. So. What's your soccer team as well you follow? Yeah, I'm a Man United supporter. Oh. So, so my, <laughs> my dad was a Tottenham supporter, my uncle was an Arsenal supporter, and I chose Man United for some reason. I cannot tell you the backstory on my why. My brother's exactly the same. So my uncle was like, he's non-stop Tottenham. That's all he talks. Yeah. My grandfathers were both. Uh, Birmingham City. Yeah. That's before they got relegated yeah. down. The other grandfather was Aston Villa. And yeah. That's all he used to talk about. And now I've started watching the women's. So I'm like, well, I've got all these teams to choose from. Exactly. And that's just <laughs> amazing how big that's getting. Crazy. I actually ended up going for Arsenal because they've got a, a good team yeah. set up there. But I'll always watch the Man City highlights. The Chelsea, I was like... Just watch the highlights because they're a good team. <laughs> <laughs> and then occasionally and West Ham just yep. to see how they're going. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, but it's incredible how big that's got. Oh, it's ridiculous. And even like when the World Cup was here, like just seeing mm. the kids get involved. like So good. Yeah. I don't think Indy likes soccer, but... No, she loves You know, what I loved about the World Cup is watching the little boys watch the girls play yeah. and still following them. Yeah. Like especially watching the Australian girls and the girls wearing... The oh. boys wearing the girls' guernseys. Well, a lot of sports need to take take that and try and mimic it because so, yeah. because there's so many sports that are so far behind the eight ball with professionalism and elite sports. I think that's like AFLW is still that little bit far behind, but they but have so much potential to be there. They are making some very good inroads in mm. terms of they're competing with some higher like female dominant sports yes. and they're taking from those sports mm. a lot and they're creating a career out of it. Like yeah. and and if you can create a career out of it, of course people are going to aim for it. So yeah. I just like where that's at in the moment. I like seeing where they're going to go, but I yeah. think they're going to leave a lot of sports in the back burner. Yeah, I've watched women's sports for like years and it's so nice for everybody else to finally catch up so I can yeah. sort of looking like the crazy person talking about sport all the time that people actually know what to, <laughs> exactly. that they have somebody else to talk to about it now. <laughs> uh, on your social media, what are you looking at a lot at the moment? Um I look at a lot of event stuff. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> look at what Iron Man does. I look at like all of those types of brands, PTO, um, Malula Barnusa. They're separate pages, but they're owned yeah. by Iron Man. Um, I watch Elite Energy, obviously, because good relationship there. So, you, in the PTO and the Iron Man races, who are you kind of typically watching as in the athletes? 
It's hard because a PTO obviously is where the prize money's at and that's where people want to go. I just like the opportunity. It's actually showing, like I hate to say it, like and it's a slap in the face to triathlon, but like it's it's showing a long-term career and it's not just about the Olympics for yes. athletes. It's showing that, yes, you need the, the, the sprint stuff for the short course racing and the Olympic model was that um, and that sort of stuff, but to transition from that to the longer distance. And it doesn't have to be for Ironman. Like, mm. Even the 100K set of These athletes saying. are making more money now in the sport than they were five years ago. What do you think if the Olympics took on like the PTO distance? Oh, I think that's where the sport needs to try and go to. Yeah, the well, longevity. they have Ironman. That's, I mean, like the marathon already there. Yeah. So why not just add in Exactly. The... And I look at it, longevity of the sport and like, you'd hope that they start to go, all right, this is what people are watching and this yeah. is where we're going to get must, most people wanting to follow. Um, but again, it's a lot of powers that be when it comes to Olympic sports yeah. and I just see it as they Olympic sports. They already have sports. the events exactly. there, so it's why a not stepping, add together? <laughs> it's just a stepping stone and I get the number of sports that Olympics can have and yeah. vice versa and all of that. So, Would you rather see them do something like that rather than a break dancing though? Yeah. <laughs> There's some I've even heard virtual reality sports are coming involved into the Olympics. Right. So I think the like yeah, if if triathlon could get delve into pushing that as an Olympic sport as well. What are your thoughts on like CrossFit events bringing in triathlon events to within it? Yeah, that's interesting. CrossFit is is an interesting realm. Like I look at it and I go, CrossFit has been a great impact in australia in terms of it's gotten a lot more people engaged in fitness and yep. thinking about things it's made exercise go back in 360 in terms mm. of going from like just functional uh, functional exercise movements to just yeah it's it's interesting crossfit i'm just going to leave it as interesting because <laughs> i like that it's getting people more involved in other sports Do you find as it well? interesting when they've got like big events so like Waterpalooza just happened or like the CrossFit Games and when they bring in the swim and the run yeah, events. And it's, it's very kind of... interesting because you go, well, that's really not their, their sport, yeah. but they're trying to find the fittest people on the earth. And I, I go, you know what, That it's good because you're seeing some big, big bodies that are lifting huge weights yeah. and can be so functional walking on their hands and do muscle ups, climb ropes, and they can still swim and run. Like, you find it interesting when you have those kind of athletes come out to your events. Like, yeah, well, I was around, like, obviously James New Newbury. I was going to say that, yeah. Like, James delved into triathlon and he did some really good things in triathlon. He got some great results. Because they've already got the engine going exactly. for an event like that. So. And that's all it is. It's, Ironman's all mind games. Like, if you can push through your mind, you can complete Ironman, yeah. realistically. I've said that a lot on this podcast. That it's honestly such a mental game. Rather than, you can be fit, which is amazing. Exactly. But if you don't have the mental side happening, you're stuck. Well, that's just fitness, isn't it? Like, yeah. like, if you don't have a mind game, like your mind switched on, you're going to make the wrong choices and you're going to let every little demon win. Yeah, of course. So, and that black hole exactly. <laughs> in the middle of the race, of course. So a couple of listener questions was, number one was, what motivates you to keep training? <sighs> what motivates me? I'm grumpy if I don't train. Okay. Like, so I'll put it... Um, it's more personal, I want to say, like keeping myself accountable, and that's the the motivation, and also a good role model for my kids, like and that. So if I like, my wife can tell when I've trained and when I haven't trained, and she'll tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, next one was from an actual triathlon coach in SA. Said, "Do you think Ironman events are going backwards, and people are more inclined to race locally?" Uh, a couple of years ago, yes, I would have said, but this year has been very interesting in terms of participation numbers and versus Ironman um, because everything's getting better. I'd say two years ago because obviously if people were forced to race locally, numbers were high, but I think now that everything's back to normal, we'll call it, um, in terms of obviously people traveling, interstate world yeah. races are on again, um, people have that choice and choice is good. But again, I do hear people saying, no, I'm going to race locally rather than go interstate for that race. So, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's it, I'll call it fun. It's a funny timeline where people are choosing to race locally, but they're mm. also choosing to race interstate and there's no real 
where before COVID, I think people would have gone, yeah, I'm racing interstate. So yeah, do you think it's a money thing as well coming yeah. out of the back of COVID Definitely. and like it's and more accessible to go local? Exactly, and also like obviously interest rates rising and mm. cost of living and all the dramas that are happening in today's world. Like yeah. it's all those things that play up, and obviously secondary spend. People will stop doing their secondary spend and events are a secondary spend. Yeah, of course. The next one was, what do you see the future of triathlon in SA? Oh, that's a tough one. Just that's in a, your thoughts. In like, my thoughts? In your... in, yeah, in my thoughts. Well, um, someone asked me, like, how long do I see myself race directing and being involved? Like, I don't see myself getting out anytime soon. Like, so... You've been in it long enough. Yeah, What's I've, a few more years? Exactly. <laughs> I've got a lot more years left in the sport in terms of involved uh, race directing races, putting on new races. Yep. Um, I would hope to get another two new ro- race locations up. I'd hope to have a multi-day event up in place. What would you like to, in terms of that, how to make that look? Um... <sighs> First, I need a bigger space to store all my stuff. So if anyone knows anyone that has a storage shed or a warehousing business, come yeah. see me. No, it's more just around not flooding it too too quickly yep. and just little baby steps because if you flood the market too quickly, obviously it just disperses everything. So it's, yeah. it's, it's now that I own what I own in the event space going, all right, let's spend a couple of years on these events, making sure that they're solid. Yeah. Um, making tweaks obviously Murray Bridge still isn't tested it's a new race so making sure that's fine Silver Sands is the first time I've run it so that's got to make do I put two victors on this year Um, I won't probably put two victors on again it will be most likely two Moanas I'll I'll say probably two Moanas next season Moana's awesome like I love Moana such a great venue Mm. such a great atmosphere so Moana will probably have two races next year and then in terms of this multi-day event what would it look like? Yeah, so a big swim to a, a decent ride and then a big, big ride in day two and then a big, big run on day three. Okay, so you split them up, like yeah. each day has an event. Yeah. Would you ever include something like a Kangaroo Island in? Yeah, so we've looked at, I've looked at KI. Um, I looked at... Um, Doing a bit of like an off-road run. Yeah, I've looked at KI Marathon. I looked at all of that sort of stuff. I've looked at um, adventure racing. I've looked at all these things. There's all these things in the pipeline. It's just keeping myself back to reality going let's not take too much on but there's definitely opportunities around that adventure space in the multi-sport space i mean now that the reservoirs are open for kayaking and running and riding yeah so many options like happy valley if you could swim at happy valley you've got the best olympic distance course there because you can swim in the in the reservoir the loop on the on the road around the happy valley is 10k oh perfect so you use the border of that is like so then you've got your, your bike ride and then you run on the internal part so if you could swim in a reservoir that'd be so much easier but so would you bring in like a setup also something like those races they do in new zealand where you have the mountain bike the canoe yeah and that's 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 like because i went to new zealand this uh, last year for a bit of a trekking coastal thing and i was sort of doing parts of the big Kathmandu coast to coast trek in new zealand yep. and i'm like wow that would be amazing to try and do it yourself like what we just did in terms of continuously so that's another challenge so yeah i think i think the challenge adventure sports are always going to be that sort of tick box for people to aim for and yeah it's definitely on radars to go let's create something new yeah Yeah. how good how do you find like competing against like your two xu events that they have in victoria or like the events they have in queensland yeah so the two times u series and like the queensland series the hardest thing is is obviously mass numbers so, like, triathlon in South Australia, I think, is 700 and something members, but we've got that many one-day members that register just to race. Fine, there's a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. A lot yeah. of people don't even register with yeah. triathlon, I say, anymore. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of people that are not, not members, and that's why I decided in my series I'm not going to just award points to triathlon SA members because, yeah. obviously, being a private entity, people are paying me money for a product, yeah. and why would I exclude half my market so so everyone's a member because they do pay a fee so they do get the insurance coverage that a member would get but the beauty about being a member is like you you delve into the community again and you then you're accountable and that's why i love the triathlon community because like i'm part of the lakers i've got good relationships with tempo and i know what they're doing i know what flo's doing i know what all the clubs are doing and they've got great training environments and making people stay accountable so what do you think about these other tri groups starting up that aren't affiliated i love it i I just love it because it's getting more people involved and it's keeping people accountable and if people are willing to 
creates something that brings people together yeah. to, to try the sport or triathlon that's inclusive, yeah. community focused, that challenges people physically and mentally. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. So the more little squads that pop up, the more yeah. coaches that jump on. I'm in one that's just starting up to, we were triathlete and we've yeah. just kind of split off and started another one, and we're called the Part-Time Athletes. Love it, love it. No. <laughs> and so we're up and coming in the sport, as in, do you know Hudson Pitt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's the one who's running oh, it Oh, nice. So it's going to be a good group. It's, uh, yep. yeah, growing no, up. No, yeah, it's it's just definitely, like, the more people involved, obviously, so yeah. that can bring people together, like, it's perfect. I think there's nothing better than getting in a group together and training, even if it's just for your swim leg exactly. or, yeah, just Exactly. And the hardest thing is in South Australia... You can be a squad and be a club, but it then delves into not-for-profits and vice versa. So, yeah. again, it comes down to constitutions, and I totally understand mm. why people choose to be a club versus a squad. So, yeah. But I just love if people want to try triathlon, throw yourself in the ring, find yourself a squad, a club, yeah. like that environment to put you in because it's going to set you up to, to succeed. Yeah, I reckon... Would you ever go back to running? You remember those eight-week courses you used to run at the next gen? Would they yeah. ever come back again? Yeah, well, you... Lakers do try 50 program. I know <laughs> that. And I know that Tempo are doing it. They did a beginner program for Moana. So all the clubs and squads... They're doing it off separately now. Yeah, and I think like it's always good for the clubs and those squads to do them rather than like I was doing it for the association. Yeah. And there was no end game in terms of we can show you where the clubs are. Yeah. But if the club is or squad is running it, then they're already involving them in their current programs of to course, get them involved yeah. in that community. And I think that's where the long-term game is. So yeah, yeah. that would be my suggestion to How many it. of those did you run? They were like brilliant when you had them. Six, I think. Yeah, I think there's still people in the group that I was in that I still see out there racing yep. and I'm like, still friends of. Yep, exactly. And yeah. I would say that probably 80% of people that did that program still found awesome. a squad, found a club. So it's just got to have the people that are willing to run have that. the time and put put the effort into some new people into the sport because there's a, a saying that triathletes are either five years or life. Yeah, So right. you're either in the sport for five years well, or you're I'm, in there for life. <laughs> well, I think I've just passed my five years, so I'm in. <laughs> but no, actually, I reckon I've been racing for seven years yep. now. I think I was like straight out of yep. school and that you the year after is when I came, yeah, yeah. came in with you guys. So yeah, I must be in for life. <laughs> so yeah, so that, and that's the way I look at it is, is if you're going to commit to something because obviously you look at five years being that journey going from the littlest run up to an Ironman for that typical yeah. sort of goal setting. And then it's either you get to that five-year mark and you want to try something else or other things get in the way. And then yeah. you, it doesn't mean that you'll leave the sport entirely. Your yeah. just racing career turns to just training. Yeah, I think that's where mine is at the moment, knowing to where to go next. Exactly. Is that half Ironman and see where we go from there. Yeah. to my favorite part of the podcast it's five fast questions <laughs> so the numbers are between one and 20 you right. usually spit out a number and the th first thing that comes to your mind is what you answer with <laughs> all right what's your first number seven okay number seven what's your coffee order mocha <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> next number 14 okay 14 if you could go back in time and tell your youngest or something what would it be first thing that comes to your mind have fun yeah have fun just have fun in everything you do that's a good one all right, next number. 19. 19 is, if the Olympics called you up for a sport, what are you playing? <laughs> so if they say you're going to be in Paris in July. <laughs> I hate to say I have to go back to soccer. I have to go back to the initial state yeah. of love soccer. Yeah? yeah? Not even triathlon? No, nah, soccer. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> next one. Uh, one. Okay, number one. What's your go-to song or artist to listen to? I'm not. I'm not one on one. Like I just don't like one. I love everyone. You like, like a playlist. Of yeah, I'm, and because I'm in a gym environment, so many people <laughs> like different mixes. So it's just like, all right, we'll listen to this today. What's your, like if you went on there and picked a song or a playlist, what would it be? I'm old school dance. Okay, yeah, nice. yeah mine's pretty similar. <laughs> and last one. Uh, number fifteen. Okay, number fifteen is your favorite place in the world. Oh, <laughs> I've been to Cairns that many times for Iron Man, so yeah. Cairns would definitely be number one. Um, I would say in terms of where I've been, yeah, Cairns. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't been up there yet, but uh, hopefully to race one day. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. That no, was thank great. you for having me. And uh, when's the next events this year? 
So we've got Silver Sands on Feb 11th, and then we've obviously got Victor on the long weekend of March, so 9th and 10th, and then obviously the postponed Murray Bridge, March 24th. So How exciting. Yes, and the wife is going away for a girls weekend or girls holiday town, which I'll in there somewhere, so solo parenting as well, <laughs> which is an event. <laughs> Do you event. bring the kids out and make them work for you while you're there? Or I don't not? have to bring them. They want to be part of it, oh, which is great. How like good. My nine-year-old wakes up. Like she woke up at five o'clock for the aquathon and she was so up and good. running around with me. So yeah, so and that's the beauty. It's a family. Like it's not just me. Like mm-hmm. my wife puts in a lot of effort and time, and my children put in a lot of effort. And then I've got Love a good, that. good friendship and family group that support us as well. So yeah. very happy and so good. the community backs me and they help me out as well. So all the community clubbies and all of that that yeah. just give up their time to help me set up, pack down. I love it. So good. I'll tag all your things in the notes and everybody get out to a race somewhere soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Wellness Lee podcast with your host, Ella. And today, my friend is Jason Delfos. Jason is the head of Pushing Limits events, or you may know him as the race director of a lot of SA triathlons. So, should we dive in? What an inspirational guy, taking over triathlons in SA and really giving them his own spin and really finding that his new changes of giving opportunities to people who never have raced before, which is really cool. If you're keen on doing a triathlon, go and check out his website. Links will be in the show notes. You know what? Go and give it a go. They are so much fun. And honestly, once you've done one, you won't want to stop trying. If you've got any questions about racing, shoot me them and I'm more than happy to answer. So if you're enjoying this little podcast that I'm making, please share it to your social media or even just share it to a friend. Don't forget to like, subscribe and follow if you're on Spotify, YouTube or Apple Podcasts. But don't forget to have a wonderful rest of your day. Have the best week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.